of course I, I've lived in Beijing or at least this is where I spent most of my time here while, while I was in, in China. I feel like in general um, the Chinese, yeah we can use this word the Chinese because there's more homogeneity here in terms of political thought and other things. Whereas in Egypt I think right now the society <coughs> is um, is both polarized in, in extreme directions and or also there is a lot of differences uh, between socio-economic classes and that leads to different um, ways of thinking. Also people get all sorts of different kinds of education. You got people who only speak English sometimes they can't even speak Arabic because they they went to international schools, they studied abroad, they belong to cer a certain socio-economic class and then you've got people who've got no education whatsoever. All right, productive day. Uh, got some stuff done. You'll be happy to hear. And uh, made a phone call home today. Learned some things about Canada, actually about <laughs> how people can get stuff these days. That supply chain still causing issues. Day off on Monday for the Queen's funeral. Some people don't care. And was able to do some light jogging today uh, to uh, help with that back issue uh, from yesterday. Finally, would you learn Ukrainian, given the uh, hubbub over the invasion of, uh, of Ukraine by Russia, would you learn the Ukrainian language? And finally, 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 last but not least, episode 32 of my podcast is up and ready to listen. Folks, Thursday, September 15th, 2022, I'm Steven Sersky, hope you folks are doing well. This year is my uh, Daily Audio Digest, published uh, Monday to Friday. I post the uh, archives up on my website, stephensersky.com, where I uh, talk about some of the things that are going on here in Beijing, around China, uh, some of the things that affect us as expats, and, of course, some of the things I do here uh, to keep myself busy when I'm not working. Made a phone call home today. Actually, I did two things at once today. I'm not sure if you guys do this, uh, but... Uh, I was able to um, find, finally find the time to, to call home this morning. And as I mentioned yesterday, I, I kind of hurt my back. And I was kind of wary about doing anything too big today. But I figured uh, I've had this experience before wherein, you know, you feel stiff. But uh, if I go for a run, like, an, like we're talking like a jog, not a run, a jog. Uh, I think it took, I, I, don't, I wasn't even counting how fast I was going because I, I was on the phone at the same time. So I, I made a point of it to be on the phone <laughs> when I was talking to uh, family back home um, and uh, I was jogging along and I did this for about an hour. I thought, this is a, this is a great idea. I remember that there are some other people who uh, do this. Uh, it's kind of weird uh, and you do have to sort of moderate your breathing so you're not panting so hard. But uh, it was, for me, it was just better this way because I was able to move uh, like a little bit faster than walking, and I found that walking has sometimes led to more of a, a seizing up of uh, some of the muscles on the uh, in the back. Uh, so I figured, you know, if I go just light, nice and easy, you don't have to stress yourself, don't have to strain yourself too much. Uh, just make sure you uh, keep on going, and you can uh, talk to some people back at home. Apparently, back in Canada, you cannot buy a car these days. Like. If you try to go buy a car, you have to wait a long time. So people are leasing everything because of the supply chain. This is still an issue. 
I, I mean, I thought this thing was resolved, but I mean, I guess we're sort of sitting here. I'm sitting here in China, in Beijing of all places, not not just China. I'm in Beijing. Has the supply chain affected me? I mean, not really. I mean, if I can't get something, I just either don't get it or I go somewhere else. It's uh, but there's nothing that I'm not really able to get. I'm wondering, has anyone else sort of uh, seen this, experienced this in in China? Is there a supply chain issue in the big city? I imagine the big cities are a lot different than uh, the smaller, like the second tier, the third tier series cities. I can only imagine. I can only imagine what it's like to be living in a third tier city right now if there are supply chain issues. I mean, if Canada's getting affected by this, then it's like it's got to be worse for a uh, third tier city here in China. Uh, but speaking of cars, I was thinking about this because in, in my neighborhood, in the area that I uh, sort of I, I live around uh, in the Shuangjing, uh, Chaoyang district of, uh, of Beijing, there's a lot of nice cars, or at least uh, there used to be. And I'm thinking about this now. I'm going, if there's one car that's actually missing from the roads, it's the Jaguars. You don't see Jaguars anymore on the road. You see, you see some um, Audis, BMWs. Mercedes, those are pretty frequent, uh, pretty common, but Jaguars, not so much anymore. Not so many Rolls Royces, I mean, maybe one or two. There's a few parked, I didn't see them moving though, uh, and I highly suspect that people just rent them anyway. Lamborghinis, I've heard a couple, but not too many. It's uh, very few and far between, and Ferraris, um, it's, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty, Pretty dry out there for that sort of uh, those types of cars and everything. Uh, not uh, not very common to see them now. Instead, uh, we are seeing a lot more of the like the electric vehicles, especially like the the smaller name um, smaller name like Chinese based EV companies. Neo is the big one. Xpeng is a big one. Uh, Byte Dance BYD uh, Build Your Dreams, I guess is what it's called, uh, is another big one. Quite a few Teslas as well, uh, but um, not uh, too many. And there's, then there's these little ones that should sort of pop up as well. And it's, um, I mean, you don't see too many of these other, uh, you know, what, what, was it, what would you call, them? like luxury cars. It's almost like things have sort of been uh, tampered a little bit, like uh, taken down just a little bit in the last uh, last year or so, last Last little while. I don't know. What are you guys seeing? Maybe all those people left. Maybe they left the country. Or maybe they're working from home, so they don't need those cars anymore, right? Oh, good question. Day off on Monday for the Queen's funeral. So this has um, been receiving some um, coverage in the media as of late. So the Queen's coffin is was brought in. Um, the Queen's body was taken back to London, back to Buckingham Palace. I mean, these things are all being covered. I haven't looked up what type of coffin she's going to get. Uh, and I was kind of interested in this only because Queen's Coffin. What would it be consist? Um, what would it be? Is it going to be... I don't know if they're going to actually give you any sort of um, details about the coffin itself. Uh, because when the Pope died, when Pope John II... Pope John Paul II died. They gave a whole, uh, like I remember a whole newspaper, like middle page being dedicated to 
how the body of the Pope would be preserved in the catacombs of, of the Vatican. And I sort of wonder if, I mean, I can only imagine that, um, you know, uh, the Queen's going to get, a, you know, a nice coffin as well. Like, the, the Pope's coffin is, is super uh, secured and everything, not just, like, from outside invasions or outside tampering, but, like, inside as well. It's meant to uh, preserve the body for uh, quite quite a long time. So it's kind of, I don't know why I, I think of these things, but, I mean, as a traveler, you might not be uh, so lucky to get that sort of burial, um, and certainly with the paycheck that I get, it's, you're not going to get that that burial either. Uh, but that being said, some people aren't unhappy that she's gone. Uh, I was actually surprised by some of the comments um, that that people were making that you know they didn't care, and maybe it's time for uh, certain members of the Commonwealth, Canada, Australia to move on from having the, the queen as head of state. Uh, I don't see it happening. I don't see uh, how that's going to sort of take place just yet. Uh, I think uh, she's going to be staying there for uh, quite some time. Um, and, I mean, it, and it's going to be, what, King Charles III, he's going to be on the the, uh, the coinage sooner than later. So it, it's, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't see how... Uh, it would change yet. I, there's not much of a... There is a movement in Canada. It pops up every now and then. Uh, not a big one. It's not like uh, uh, there, there's any votes or anything. I think it's an issue that people... It, it comes up at parties sometimes, but no one is going to mobilize a force to do anything about... I was a little bit surprised, but you know, even here in China, I heard a few people, uh, you know... At least one person called me a royalist. <laughs> like, I don't know if I really consider myself to be a royalist. I mean, the queen died. You know, pay my respects to her, sure. Um, you know, it's she lived a long life. 96 years isn't something to sort of, you know, just go, oh, well, thank goodness. I mean, she's 96 years is a good time. 70 years in on the throne, in office. Um, substantial achievement. <laughs> I mean, the, Wow, so I wish uh, how many of us will be able to live that long and be as productive, right? And this is actually part of the, the thing that some people are saying, you know, she wasn't all she was cracked up to be. Um, you know, the, the it wasn't just her, actually. It was the monarchy itself, the whole system that's in place that, um, you know, with the colonialism uh, that went on, um, the, whole, the whole royal, the whole regal system, the whole monarchy system, is being criticized at the moment. Not as much as some other countries around the world, but uh, it was being criticized. And I was surprised that at this time, um, people took the chance to uh, voice these these opinions. I thought, you know, you just sort of be respectful. You know, someone passed away, someone who's been in office for a while, and, you know, leave it at that. Uh, this is something to, you know, debate with the, the living, not with the dead, right? But I guess the monarchy keeps on going. So it's, uh, a, a, although one person has passed, the monarchy system is still in place. And so if you want to affect change, when do you actually say something, right? So uh, very good question. Uh, all right. So did, uh, oh, the, okay. So this is this is the other thing that's sort of uh, been popping up lately with, uh, in terms of the Ukrainian push 
uh, in like so the, uh, not the retreat it's well the retreat of the Russian soldiers the re- retreat of the Russian army uh, the pushback by the Ukrainians and the Ukrainian army would you learn the Ukrainian language this question has popped up because um, even my um, Eastern uh, European language teacher uh, who's currently residing in France as far as I know, uh, she asked, uh, she was trying to test my Ukrainian the other the other week. Now, I haven't signed up for any more classes just yet, uh, but she was trying to sort of uh, get it out of me, this, you know, this ability, this Ukrainian language ability. I don't, I can't say I would rush to go learn Ukrainian um, for one of the reasons, I, almost actually the same reason you could argue not to learn Mandarin Chinese. The people who speak these languages that you would have to resort to, that you would have to use even in such small amounts, you know, to establish that connection, they aren't traveling overseas. They're living in the village typically. And I'm saying this, like Ukrainian, uh, again, has been the target of um, Russian assimilation, uh, Russian assimilation, Russian uh, attempts to extinguish it uh, over the last two, three, four generations, the last 120 years or so. Uh, so that the fact that the Ukrainian language has survived and st- is found all over the world is a, you know, a testament to the, the strength of that culture. But Ukrainian as it's spoken, the Ukrainian language is either spoken by uh, people who are what we would call expats from Ukraine, the diaspora, uh, and I've mentioned this before that you know they're either emigrated from Ukraine or they are direct descendants, direct like they're first born in the new country from these emigrants, and that, that's they'll speak Ukrainian at home. By second generation, that ability starts to, to subside uh, quite a bit. There's a familiarity with the language, and certainly if they try to pick up the language later on, it's a lot easier because they're usually exposed to enough to get them familiar with a little bit of a, an acquaintance uh, of, the, uh, um, of the language. But, I mean, they're not going to be fluent, and they wouldn't be able to hold a conversation, and I speak from my own uh, experience in this regard. But learning Ukrainian language, who are you going to talk to? What, what are you going to read? What, I mean, it seems like a very nice romantic idea, but how long would you be able to sustain the impetus to learn this language, which is difficult, as, as difficult as some other uh, Eastern European languages, uh, that uh, would, you, would you find enough of interest to keep you going? That would be my question, especially given that Ukraine is sort of, it's a war-torn country right now. I mean, uh, travel advisories all over the place. Uh, now, contrast that with something like another Eastern uh, European language, wherein uh, they also have a lot of emigrants all over the place, but uh, for a variety of other reasons, you know, they're fleeing the country as well. Um, they have been around, they traveled, I mean, there, there are people who've traveled as well. Um, and they've done business around the world. So, I mean, would you switch? If there was another language that you could learn, would Ukrainian be it? Now, how do I relate this to Mandarin Chinese? Because a lot of people say that, well, you have to learn Mandarin Chinese because, um, you know, they are going to be, they are one of the most populous languages in the world. And you go, yes, that's, that's very true. 
But unless you are dealing with the warehouse boss who's never left China and only speaks Chinese, all of the kids under the age, all the people under the 40, at least have some knowledge of English. Under 30, they're bilingual, even in the roughest sense of it. Under 20, uh, they could make way. They could, you know, get through. It might be difficult. Uh, but certainly if they're in their 20s um, and if they're working for any company that is dealing with foreigners, uh, chances are they're going to be speaking uh, English and Chinese, possibly a third language as well. So it's, uh, you know, picking up Ukrainian language, picking up Mandarin, I understand there's different scales at work here and very different cultural uh, ties that bind these uh, these peoples together. Uh, but at the same time, it's you kind of wonder uh, if if you wouldn't stick through Mandarin Chinese, would you go through Ukrainian? If you wouldn't stick through Ukrainian, would you stick through Mandarin Chinese? And keep in mind that Mandarin Chinese is now being found uh, in a lot more places. I don't mean just like Chinatowns. I mean China as a country has been building its business tentacles outwards and have been sending its own people... It's, and we're talking like the working class people who don't know as much Chinese or as much English, uh, and they're going to go work. But are you going to be talking to these people? I mean, if you're in a management role, maybe, but it's a good question. This is, this is something I don't know. I, I don't know um, everything, all these sort of facets of this argument, all these sorts of uh, uh, the ways that this can um, be worked around or uh, you know adapted to, modified. But I know for Ukrainian... It's either another Eastern European language or it's English. And basically anybody who's left Ukraine, uh, they're probably speaking English uh, at, the very, at the very least. Mandarin Chinese, likewise, if they've left the country. But, I mean, if they're working for a Chinese company, um, it, it, it's not like, you know, Ukraine has companies that uh, um, send its people overseas. They, they hire locals. Uh, so it's, it's uh, yeah, different scales, I understand. But... Good question. If you if you weren't learning Mandarin Chinese, if you weren't learning um, the language that you're learning right now, whatever it may be, would you choose Ukrainian? Good question. And with that, uh, episode number 32 of my podcast uh, is now up and available up on my website, stephenserski.com, under the podcast section, under the podcast page. I've updated it. Uh, it is episode number 32 with uh, Omar Badr. And a uh, former colleague here in China, and we, uh, he hails from Egypt, and he just returned. I meant to get this episode up a little bit earlier, but uh, I've sent him a copy of it already. Uh, he is back in Egypt now after living here in China for a couple of years, uh, and uh, we had a chance uh, to sit down um, a couple of weeks ago uh, to talk about uh, some of the things that, uh, uh, well, how, how, how life was here in, uh, in, in China and how he, uh, what sort of brought him here and also what took him back to uh, uh, Egypt so soon. Uh, it was a relatively short episode, two hours, uh, but it was a good conversation. He came over and uh, uh, we talked a, a little bit. Uh, we actually talked a lot about uh, Egyptian history, about the Egyptian language, like Arabic, uh, and how, how it's been preserved. And I think you guys will be interested in sort of some of the um, similarities and differences that we talk about address uh, between China 
and Egypt. Because, I mean, we, we both know that the, like China, if you've been to China and you've uh, taught any student from China, they will immediately tell you the country, the culture, it's the people have 5,000 years of history. Some people respond, everybody has 5,000 years of history. The Egyptians lay rightful claim to a couple thousand more than that. And we talk about that. You know, what is the response in that uh, in that case? How 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 can we reconcile this? All right, I will leave it there. And uh, if you want to have a little uh, clip, if you want to have a little listen to this uh, the episode number thirty two, stay tuned. After this episode, uh, there will be a couple clips from Omar as uh, we discussed on episode number thirty two of my podcast. Uh, that is available once again on stevensterski.com under the podcast link. Folks, I will leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. Hope you guys are staying well, staying healthy, getting your runs in despite any uh, uh, creaks and pains, and making sure that you are enjoying the last couple of days of nice weather here in Beijing and internet freedom before uh, things sort of get clamped down a little bit more. (laughs) All right, folks. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Um, so this is one reason. The other reason is I can't live in Egypt because of everything. It's very challenging. The the, the moment you you step out of of your your home, you can't. You feel like the world is is trying as much as possible to challenge you. Really? I feel like people we're not working together towards one goal. And I feel like in China it's different. I feel like everybody's trying to help me as much as possible to reach my goals, to even do the most basic of, of tasks, daily tasks that I need to do. So I, I don't like that in Egypt, but I feel suffocated in Egypt. Not because of like religious reasons, cultural reasons, it's just because it's difficult. Day-to-day life is difficult. Um, like while I was stuck in Egypt, a bit funny, but I had to sleep with those earmuffs, like huge earmuffs that they wear in uh, airports. Yeah. To sleep. Imagine like I. Couldn't it was that even... noisy. Yeah, it was that noisy, and there's no public order whatsoever. At least in 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 my city, and I guess in most cities, people like.